Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. You can't run from your past. This weekend, Marvel Studios and Disney released Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, introducing the MCU's Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu, and directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. Joining us today is production designer Su Chen, who will talk with us about the film, which was also her first assignment in the MCU. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen. Sue, thanks for joining us and congratulations on the film. Thank you. It's uh, been really great to see the reception it's getting. So this is your first Marvel film. Tell us about how you got involved in the project. Well, um, I was uh, passed the script by my agents and of course... I was not going to turn down the opportunity to um, interview for a Marvel movie, but this particular Marvel movie was extremely exciting to me because I grew up, I'm a first generation Chinese American. I was born in New York City, but my parents are from Hong Kong and Southern China, so we're Cantonese. And so I grew up going to the cinema in Chinatown, New York and watching Kung Fu movies. It's just like part of my DNA. And so when I got the chance to do like a huge Kung Fu movie, I thought, okay, you know, I'm probably not going to get this movie because I've never done a big action movie, but heck, I'm just going to go in and talk about 
what I want to talk about and how I would do the movie. And um, so it was actually a really fun interview. Um, Dustin is just a lovely, lovely guy. And the fact that there was actually only the sort of rough outlines of the story that they're willing to share with me, because, you know, Marvel's very secretive. Uh, it gave me a lot of freedom to just go in and just talk about what I think is important about not only, you know, Kung Fu movies and how to build sets for them, but also just culturally, you know, about being the diaspora Chinese, part of a diaspora Chinese community in America and how the time seemed to be good to be bringing stories for all diaspora Asians, but not just Asians, like, you know, anybody everybody really enjoys martial arts films and Marvel plus martial arts seems like seemed like it would be a winner. What were some of the cultural elements and and some of your favorite martial arts films that uh, that influenced your work? <laughs> well, you know, obviously Jackie Chan's work was always at the forefront of all of our minds and certainly mine. I mean, I you know he was a great Hong Kong action star. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of um, just, you know, vivacious work with the sets. You know, I love the idea that the sets and the props and the furniture would all get used, um, which we did do, which is wonderful. And then, you know, uh, movies like Kung Fu Hustle and certainly more arty films like the work of um, Zhang Yimou and people like that. There's just so much to choose from. <laughs> I, I, I think all of it, we were all so excited when we start working on to just you know, reintroduce ourselves to those movies. Um, and so I'd say it was all influential. I mean, we really tried to like give a little taste of everything in this film and I, I hope we succeeded. Um, and then cultural influences, you know, it, when you grow up Chinese, Chinese American household, there are all these holidays and all these traditions and all these foods and all these things that you just take for granted that you, you, you do, you celebrate them. There's stuff that you do as uh, for filial piety, for your ancestors, to um, honor the seasons. There's so much that you do. And so it was fun to bring these things either explicitly or implicitly into the stories and into the sets. Um, really so much that I can't even name all of them. Our, our folders of research um, were brimming and I don't even think we covered nearly anything that everything that you could have covered <laughs> in Chinese culture is just too long and too deep. <laughs> Well, you um, you designed the Ten Rings in the film. Would you talk about that design and your influence specific to that? Well, you know, as you know, the um, logo for the Ten Rings has already made an appearance. Um, it was in an earlier incarnation when um, the initial faux Mandarin was introduced to the world in Iron Man. And so we didn't want to di divert too much from that. The, the studio, a Mar a Marvel, didn't want us to go too far from that because that's still a part of the culture, the Marvel culture and the stories. So we took that idea, the, the literal 10 rings with an emblem in the center, and we turned it into what Wen Wu's character would have done um, in his time in the ancient you know, period when he first gained the power and started the organization. So we really wanted to riff on the idea of the traditional Chinese script um, it's uh, called Bone Script. It's one of the names of it is Bone Script. And we took the word strength and we found as many ways as possible, or at least 10 ways, <laughs> to write and in, embody the notion of strength. And then we made those our characters around the Ten Rings. And then the um, crossed weapons in the center, we looked at several different options of ancient weapons that... Um, that had a nice graphic quality. And, you know, we just, we did many, we did several versions of that and then uh, worked with Destin 
and Marvel and looked at the ones that were promising. We played around with the script. We looked at using brush strokes for the ancient times. And then we modified it for the contemporary version of Wen Wu's organization. I mean, the savvy viewer will notice that the bone script is replaced by traditional Chinese, traditional modern Chinese characters, the same characters, but rendered in the contemporary uh, script. And so that's pretty much how it went. And uh, we were pretty, pretty happy with it. So turning to the sets and the locations, uh, a lot of this is sets, you said. Yes, we built everything, pretty much. (laughs) um, The village of Talo, for instance, was built in an empty reservoir hillside um, outside of Sydney. It was basically just an empty field. And we built the entire village there. And it was surrounded by a blue screen. We built the bamboo dome. We built all the buildings. We built the temple. Um... What else do we build there? We, we probably used all the bamboo in all of Australia. <laughs> it was pretty much shipped to us in Sydney. We just had loads and loads of bamboo and we created bamboo groves everywhere. And then we used all the stages at um, Fox Studios Sydney and we put sets into all of them. And then when they were done shooting, we put different sets into them. So lots of building. Well, let's talk about Talo. Uh, do you want to begin with the bamboo forest? Well, Talo has several um, components in the film. Uh, the first time you see Talo, it is um, when Wen Wu meets his future wife, and they have this lovely, um, you know, battle <laughs> in a in a beautiful bamboo grove. And we build that on stage. We created that entire magical, water filled, green filled um, environment on stage, uh, partially because it was, we had a lot of control over it and we could then expand the world beyond. So a lot of bamboo went into that. And then once that was done shooting, we then, um, the second part of the village, well, there's many parts, but the, the big part of the village was built on location. And um, again, we liked the notion that this was a magical secret place that you could only access through I don't want to, I'm not sure, like, spoiler-wise, I probably shouldn't say that much, but it, it, the way to get to the village is a magical way. It's not like you can just, you know, find it on a map. And so we had to create the um, interstitial parts between the the human world, our world, and how you get there. So we, part of the way that you get to the actual village, which is, you know, on a water, uh, uh, on a body of water, is that... Um, you just have to um, pass through a lot of different areas with magical creatures. And some of that stuff was built. Some of it was visual effects. But we in the art department visualized all of it and passed that on to our friends in visual effects. And, um, you know, we had cars driving through and things of that sort. So little pieces of it were all designed by the art department. But then when the village came along, we wanted this notion that when you enter the village, it's anchored uh, or centered around uh, an ancestral temple. So that's the largest piece of our build. And we built an entire temple, really, like you could have, you know, you could see that temple in almost any small town in China, probably. Um, And we based the design on um, Tang and Song Dynasty architecture, a little bit of each, you know, very traditional tile roofing, very traditional colors, beautifully painted beams, um, marble, stone, you know, very traditional materials. and we based all of the sort of uh, components of our village on this notion of the five elements. Um, Chinese uh, culture has this, uh, I guess you call it maybe a synergy between the uh, five elements um, that are when, when in harmony, 
function to, I guess, balance one's life. And so we wanted to bring all of that into our village. And then in a way, the sixth element is dragon scale. Um, in the story, our protector sheds his scales and the uh, villagers make use of these to, to not only build some of the stronger elements of the village, but also for weapons. And so the entire village is reflective of, of this sort of foundational idea about the five elements and um, as well as the, the mystical, magical ideas embodied in the story. Would you elaborate on some of the research? Sure. Um, you know, we had a, a large research team and, you know, the typical way you do research is, of course, you go to the Internet and you say, you know, you, you know, notions of Chinese arch symbolism. You know, we looked at a lot of the symbolic uh, creatures that would be a part of a temple architecture. We looked at what colors would be in, included in, you know, ancestral temple architecture. We looked at, you know, ideas of scale, you know, what, what you would ha- how you would represent um, the size of the person to the size of the building and how it's related to the bigger world. Um, and, you know, of course, we, we want to use very traditional um, techniques such as wood carving. We have lots and lots of beautiful wood carving in um, the story and in our buildings. And a lot of that was designed digitally, of course, but all based on reams and reams of um, sort of the most classic Chinese wood carving styles. And then our, our artist, you know, came up with our version of it. And, you know, if you look closely at the paintings and the carvings within the movie, they're all related to Talo. They're all telling the story of Talo. There's there uh, are a set of screens inside the temple, which literally depict, you know, the waterway and the um, the uh, cave where that the villagers are guarding against across the way. But you'd have to be looking really closely to see it. And so there's a lot of storytelling in all of the craft work that is, um, you know, I don't. I, I think that you'd have to freeze the frame and look at it. But there's <laughs> there's a lot of great <laughs> stuff there. Oh, and then if you were to look closely also at Wenwu's compound, uh, there's a, before he marries, the compound is representative of, you know, more his, his rise to power and is more heavy and is more, the symbolism in there has nothing to do with Talo. But then once he marries and uh, his wife comes into the picture, um, everything is replaced, the carvings, all of it, the windows with things that represent Talo. So it might be floral things. There, there are these um, kapok trees, which are the big red trees with the flowers. We, you start to see those in the um, woodwork and the doors. Um, bamboo, obviously. Um, and then in the studio where she practices um, her martial arts and trains the children, the three walls and also where the dragon's eyes go in, those are all the story of Talo or a part of the story of Talo. So you see that... Um, reflected in his home once she comes into his life. You read my mind. That was actually my next question. <laughs> it, it is softer and you, you, you see her influence in, in that period. Do you want to elaborate on some of the details that you changed in order to create those two different feels? Well, um, in the ancient version of his uh, compound, you he, the Ten Rings logo was embedded into the courtyard, for instance. And the courtyard is used to train soldiers. It's really a place of, um, you know, uh, might and uh, fighting and that sort of thing. And we've, we eradicate that and turn it into a beautiful garden. And things like the footbridge that crosses over the stream, that footbridge, we actually used, we took it and put it in the village. The idea being that she 
brought this the, the same design of the footbridge into the area. And in place of the logo, there is a, a beautiful stone mosaic of a phoenix. And of course, when you get to the village, all the phoenixes are flying around. Um, and so many of the little animals turn up. But also there's a there's a feng shui at play in how the the layout of the garden, you know, the each of the four directions is represented by a different uh, plant, uh, a different flower, which is also seen in the village. And if you were to notice the carvings on each of the screens, on each of the doors, on each side of the of his um, compound, when he marries, you would see that those motifs are repeated in each area. Um, so there are things like that. And of course, the biggest, the biggest representation of the village really is her, um, her studio where she practices, you know, because we have the dragon on the one wall and he is facing uh, a carved mural of the mount mountain of souls. Um, I'm not sure what you're actually calling it the mountain of souls in our movie now. I have to check that, <laughs> but, um, but he's facing the cave that they're protecting um, with the, and then in between you see the um, moon gate with the, the lions on either side. And later on you find after they get through the maze of bamboo, that's where they end up. And so all of it is leading the audience ultimately to Talo, but you first see it in the compound. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is there significance to the lion and things like that that you want to discuss? Uh, the, the lions on either side? Well, it's a big part of um, Chinese culture. You know, these... These guardian lions are uh, ubiquitous in Chinese culture. They're protectors. They're, um, I think, um, I have to remember my research, but they, they're also, you know, just a symbol of strength. And, um, you know, they're there. And then they turn up in the village. You see them fighting alongside the villagers. And so they, they turn up all the time. And we see them, we see them in the front of uh, Wen Wu's compound at his entrance too. So there are definitely elements that are um, shared between the village and Wen Wu's life, you know, cultural elements of that sort. So what was it like working with Dustin? Would you, would you talk about the collaboration? What, what were some of the things that you talked about as you were designing this world? Oh, Dustin was just terrific. He was just a, terrific to work with. Um, well, you know, it, we started out um, when the script was developing, we started talking in sort of a broader sense about some of the magical things that we want to underscore. And we wanted to make sure that um, anything that we put in that was a, a real specific Chinese cultural aspect was respectfully conveyed and also conveyed in a way that was sort of universal. I mean, because we're not just making a movie for Chinese people. You know, uh, uh, Dustin is a half Japanese American He's a Japanese American person, and um, and so it's interesting to see across different Asian cultures some of the things that we all also respect and enjoy, like you know filial piety, you know family connections. All of that stuff was always 
present. And Dustin, you know, was always a great person to be like, like if I would say, well, here's something, here's an idea that's not necessarily in the script. Um, but I think here's a way in which it could be interesting to introduce. He would, he would always honor that and say, okay, we'll take it to a certain point and let's see where that gets us. And sometimes it didn't get us to the right place and other times it got us to a great place. And so he was just really, really open and really great to collaborate with and, you know, just um, top to bottom, just a pleasure and enjoyed his job so much, really enjoyed learning about all the cultural stuff, was really enthusiastic, appreciated what we did in the art department. I mean, he's just, he's wonderful and a great writer too. As an example of an idea that we all um, decided was a, a good idea to pursue was that we were you talking about, you know, how the villagers would, uh, what would their weapons would be like, what would be a way to make Talo unique in this sort of universe, different from other, uh, I guess, Marvel heroes in this way. And we talked about the fact that we knew the dragon was going to be a part of uh, the story. And because dragons are reptilian and reptiles often shed their skin and their scales, we all thought, well, maybe it would be interesting to use this idea of the shed scales uh, everywhere, you know, in, in what the villagers do. And so that, you know, with the costume department, with every, everybody agreed that was a neat idea. So we started developing, you know, how would you turn scales into weapons? How would you use them to create, you know, doors? Um, how would you use them in the costumes? How could you tip the arrow, uh, arrow tips, you know, bows and arrows with them? And so this, this was an idea that, you know, everybody agreed in the beginning would be great. And then everybody just kept adding more to how that could be realized. So that was, um, that was one of the, the many, I think, ideas that, that moved forward because Dustin thought it was great. And, and Dustin and Jonathan also, Jonathan Schwartz, who was our producer, uh, he was also a great creative collaborator. Like all Marvel movies, there's certainly a lot of visual effects in this. Would you talk about collaborating with Christopher Townsend, the visual effects supervisor? Yeah, Chris Townsend and his team were very, very uh, great. I mean, they were a great team. And he was on very early, um, earlier than I, I think. But he was one of the first people I met. And he was really, really excited when he saw that many of our sets were actually 360-degree build, builds, <laughs> where he wouldn't actually have to do too much enhancement. But despite that, the sets where he knew he had to do a lot, he was so collaborative. You know, we, whenever we scouted lots and lots of locations or we had people scout what would be maybe the village, what would surround our village in real life. And because of COVID, you know, we had had plans to shoot um, Vietnam uh, plates as a potential exteriors for our village. But when COVID stopped that from happening, Chris was just painstaking with his um, vendors in really looking at the things that we all loved, that we all discussed, that we all loved and agreed upon, and really, you know, using our concept art and uh, expanding upon that. So he was just terrific to work with. Um, one of the things that he and I worked with really closely to um, come up with a good idea on how to tell this one story point is when they put the dragon's eyes into the dragon at Wenwu's compound. And, you know, I think magic bullets have happened a lot in movies. And it was, it, it, we were trying to find a way to do that that would be different and specific to our story. And, you know, just, um, just that could wow the audience and be something they hadn't seen before. So that took a while to noodle out. And at one point, Chris and I, you know, we were just talking about doing something with water because there's so much 
water involved in the village anyway, and coming up with a novel and neat way to use that to tell this story point without it getting bogged down. Um, and so, you know, I would send him some research and he would look and go, oh, that's kind of cool. And then we'd discuss it. And then my artist would come up with something and then he would finish it, you know, because there's only so far the art department can go. But it was it was just really fun working with him and knowing that he would also honor the things that we designed and see them through to completion. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about the bamboo forest when uh, when Wu and Lee meet? Certainly was re- very reminiscent of Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's true that uh, we didn't want it to feel cliche, obviously. You know, when you choose to have a lot of bamboo in a martial arts scene, I suppose everybody's going to be like, oh, they did that in Crouching Tiger. But, you know, Crouching Tiger wasn't the first one to do that either, <laughs> you know. And I think that we really, um, I think that the fight really was a great way to introduce what the Ten Rings can do, while at the same time creating this sort of beautiful dance choreography between the two of them. Um, it was complicated to design that set to fulfill all the needs of the stunt department. I mean, the stunt rig and the way that they had to wire everybody and get them to do things and all the rehearsals needed was definitely uh, very time consuming. And we had to tweak the set to like make it work. And, but all of that was really fun. You know, we had our bamboo, for instance, on these wagons, they were all on these little sort of mobile uh, skids that we could like put little motors on and shake so that they would kind of move and that we could move around to suit whatever the action was. And that was really fun. I mean, just the technical aspects of creating a set like that. Um, And, you know, it's also fun that the space needed for a fight like that is considerable, but the set looks much huger than it really is. Thanks to our friends in visual effects and, thanks to the uh, fight choreography and how they edit it to move the actors around. So, you know, that was um, maybe as much as any said, maybe more um, a, a nice exercise in set design plus fight choreography plus visual effects. You know, I feel like it all worked out really nicely there. You referenced COVID before. What was the schedule? When were you designing the sets and when were they shooting? Well, um, we did a lot of um, design work in America, in Los Angeles, uh, in the summer of 2019. And then we went off to Australia and started continuing the designing and building it. And that really happened all through the fall of 2019. And we were actually be, by the beginning of 2020, we, when COVID was first starting to happen, we were getting ready to shoot. And we managed to shoot, you know, maybe, I, I can't remember if we were a week or two weeks in when everything stopped. And so we, our sets were, most of our sets were either um, halfway through, completed, some of them had been shot, but we were not anywhere near done. (laughs) And so as a result, everything had to be just locked up, folded, and we just had to walk away. So our, our village set, which was outdoors, had to be waterproofed, weatherproofed and um, safely um, secured, and then everybody just had to leave it alone for, for three months. So basically from, um, I think we were shut down in March and we didn't come back till July. So there were a couple months in there where the set was, you know, being carefully monitored, but was open to the elements, you know, subject to rain and, you know, wind and sun. 
And so we had to come back and um, rehabilitate it and complete it. But, you know, it's a village and those things actually probably just, uh, I think they added character to the set, honestly. <laughs> What's next for you? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, a break. I'm, definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely on a bit of a break now. Um, you know, it, it, this, is a gr- this was such a great project, not be, just because of the size and the scope and the resources, but the people on it were so terrific. And the reception has been so good. It's a hard act to follow, but I'm not um, married to doing giant, you know, movies for, I, I like a story, you know, I'm always going to look for a good story and I'm not going to jump on just the next thing. So, you know, we'll see, it could be big, it could be small. As long as the people involved are great and they're telling a good story, then, you know, I'm there. <laughs> it was great talking with you. Thank you so much. Same here. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.